Welcome to This Is Life. Hello, everybody. All right, so we're going to take a little break from Jessica's story, and that's uh, honestly, the, the, it's, I mean, it's kind of twofold. It's probably kind of good. I mean, we've heard the last two weeks pretty heavy stuff, and uh, so uh, that's kind of one of the reasons, you know, I think it's kind of good just to kind of break it up a little bit, uh, to talk about something different just for today and maybe next week. I haven't really decided yet. Uh, also, the other thing is I haven't actually got been able to have time with uh, Jessica come in. We're both kind of busy people, and when the podcast does on the side, you know, I, uh, you know, she has a family, I have a family, these kind of deals and so it's okay uh we'll eventually be able to meet up again and continue the story and i hope that it's been blessing i hope it's been a blessing to you and you know i hope that you've, you've maybe you've even shared it with somebody uh, because here's the thing guys is when those, those kind of stories hit us it, it's sometimes difficult to digest and digital d- d- difficult to hear and and uh, you know especially when you're talking about i mean cancer alone in and of itself is something that nobody wants to talk about i mean it's Something that everybody, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, because, you know, here's the thing. We like to think that our bodies are invincible, especially when I was younger, you know, when I was in my 20s, you know, hey, I thought I could do anything. Everybody feels like that, you know, that you have all this time in in front of you, you you can do, say, eat, or do, you know, whatever you want. And then as you get into your 30s, it starts to catch up with you. Of course, now I'm hitting, I'm already, I just turned 40 this year, and I'm like, there is something to 40. There truly is uh, kind of, you know, um, you, you got to do things a little differently, a little slower than you used to. Um, but that, you know, that being said, it's like, whenever you're talking about cancer, it's something that we all think about, you know, whether or not we've ever had somebody in our direct friendship or direct family that's had cancer. We know somebody who has had somebody that they were close to that has gone through it. And, you know, it's a tragic thing. It's something that everybody hates. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, bumper stickers with the F expletive cancer, you know, uh, because it's something that just truly is just awful. It's just something that that we just should not have to live with us in this world. And so then you talk about cancer, then you include children in that and it just makes it even more just abhorrent it's just like it's just again like i said last week there's just some things that just should not be and that that's just one of them so definitely it, it not only broke my heart just witnessing and seeing jessica and aria and the whole family just go through this but also just my own self and my own family my my wife and myself and my daughter who again was aria's best friend you know and 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 all we have left, you know, is the memories, and they're great memories, you know. But what we, what do we do with those memories? We can either just hold on to them and keep them to ourselves, or we can be brave like Jessica was and just say, hey, you know, I want to come in and just share the story. So, again, Jessica, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming in. I can't wait to get you back in, and uh, we'll just continue. Uh, real quick, just some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, hit us up, thisislifepod at gmail.com if you have any questions, want some topics for the show. Uh, you know, if you, maybe if you have some tough questions about the scriptures, about Bible, about something we talk about, or something I talk about about on this podcast and you um you just have want some more clarification on uh you know maybe you have a guest maybe you yourself want to be a guest you know again i'm not just going to keep the show to just people i know in fact i kind of the vision is i i want it to be expanding again you who listening even if you and i have never met uh, you have a story something about you 
God has, you know, you know, maybe not necessarily even God, but I mean, God really has a direct link to all of us. So whether or not we acknowledge it as God or not, uh, God is the one who's in charge of all of us. But regardless, you have a story. Something about your life is powerful and needs to be heard. It needs to be said. And I believe that about every single person on this world, you know, good, bad, ugly, all of us, we have something that is unique and, and, and characteristic about us. And, and, and I, I think that we will be doing our a better, a good service to humanity if we just talk more and just open up more and just, you know, reach out to even strangers and just, just start to really build a, a community. You know, it's, it's, it, we learned it even in school, right? When you're growing up, there's cliques and, and different groups. And, you know, you know, you sit with the same person at the lunch table every day or the same person on the bus, you know, every day. And, you know, it's just something that we've just kind of ingrained ourselves in life to just be around those whom we're comfortable with. But you know what? Sometimes it's better if we expand our, our circle, right? Expand it to, and that's the greatest thing about our, one of the, the God given us as humans is that we have the ability to not only communicate, but relate and have an emotional experience with people in general. And this could be, you know, as, as intimate and as close as a husband and wife, or it could just be as simple and basic, but yet still important as, as an interaction with a stranger. So we all have that. And, and, and so if anything that this podcast does, I hope that it encourages you to you find a story. And, and so if you have a story you want to share and you want to be on This Is Life, well, let's make it happen. I'm, I'm great with that. Also, head over to uh, we have a, we have a Facebook page that if you just search "This Is Life," you can hit us up there and sign you know sign in. I'll be I post every single week's podcast, and then of course if you just want to go thisislifepod.com. Uh, and uh, the last thing I mentioned because I will, you hear me belabor it all the time, leave us some reviews on iTunes podcast. That'd be incredibly appreciative. Just find the "This Is Life" show page, scroll all the way to the bottom. And you can leave a star a star review to your desire, and um, a star rating, and then leave a review of the show. Just a real quick, you uh, didn't have to be very long, just a couple words, and it will just mean the world to me. Okay, so today I want to talk about a, a subject that I'm actually pretty passionate about, and that would be the subject of being blameless. Now. A lot of pastors get this confused, I believe. They equate being blameless as being sinless, and, and I don't believe that. I, here's the thing is that the Bible is very clear that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that the wages of sin is death, right? That we all have a cross to bear every single day. Paul said that, I crucify my flesh daily. So how can you, if the Bible wants us to be blameless, how can we be blameless but yet still have sin if blameless means to be sinless? What sinless means is that the well, sorry. What blameless means is that we are not guilty of the sin, that the sin that we have every, and we carry every single day, and that we are striving to eliminate from our lives, but yet we still fall short every single day. So we got to keep asking the Lord for forgiveness. Keep asking our, you know, the the people whom we hurt ask for them for forgiveness and sometimes we even hurt ourselves we have to almost ask ourselves even for forgiveness it's a sin well, let me tell you real quick let's do an analysis of what sin is first off when it comes to the lord sin separates us from god it is because god is perfect and he is that there is no sin found in god 
sin, therefore, which is our natural human nature to do wrong things, to make, like I tell my daughter, you know, to make more good decisions than bad decisions, right? You know, we have choices. Every one of us have choices that we are given every single day, and we can either make good choices or make bad choices. And I'm not trying to make it elementary here, but at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. It's about making good choices more than bad choices. And when we make more bad choices, that equals consequences, and that drives us further away from the Lord. Because as consequences happen, we become more like the world and we just become bitter or we become angry or we become uh, just uh, aloof. We just really just kind of separate ourselves from, from everything good. And that's why Jesus came is to bring us a, a bridge back to the Lord, right? So back to God. And that's what Jesus does. His sacrifice for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus came to be the ultimate sacrifice for our sin died on the cross, rose three days later. Now, the purpose of rising three days later is because he overcame sin and death, which is the ultimate, death is the ultimate consequence of sin. And this is why Adam and Eve experienced death. Had it not been for the disobedience in the Garden of Eden, then death would not have found them. But yet they have now mortal, but they became mortal, but they became um aware of their surroundings almost to, to in, a, in a physical state, whereas before they were truly almost one with the Lord. I mean, he was, they were created as image, but they were also communing with the Lord like a man and a wife would. So they would do that to the Lord. So going back to the topic today, so being blameless, what does that mean? If, if it doesn't mean that I don't have sin, if it doesn't mean that I, um, if it means that I, if I can, if I can be full of sin, but also blameless. How does that even work? And we're going to talk about that today. I, I want to uh, go to uh, Proverbs 22 verse one, and we're going to start here. And this is, this is, this is what, this is what the direction is. Okay. Now, if you go, if you go to Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, anything written by Solomon, I mean, you know, I remember back when I was in my early twenties, I really felt strongly. Like I was, I remember asking the Lord, like, God, it was one of the first times I asked the Lord, Lord, what is it you want me to study? Like, I have this Bible, right? I got 66 books in front of me, but I don't know where to start. I mean, when I was growing up and in high school and I did some ministry training and I really, really focused on Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which I'm actually going to talk about later on. Uh, that, that to me is the... The, the origin is the foundation of Christianity in general, uh, but just also not even Christianity, but just being a good person. And, you know, Jesus was the ultimate quote, good person. So you look at five, Matthew five, six, and seven, and that's really how we can not only survive in this world, but be a light and a inspiration to it. But anyway, I remember asking the Lord, okay, so I knew about Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. I, I you know, I, I remember, you know, all the scriptures that Dad would teach me growing up and to memorize. I mean, generally, they had to do with a Romans road and how to lead somebody to the Lord. I mean, my dad, from a very early age, really taught me and wanted, you know, really was building me to, because he saw that I was a personable person, right? He saw that I was the kind of person who, you know, loved, just loved people. I loved, you know, just interacting. And, and you know, that's the heart of an evangelist, right? 
evangelist, regardless if you're talking about a Christian evangelist, but an evangelist is one who goes forth, right? I just had a desire just to truly go forth and just and and and, and somehow make a mark on this world. And so Dad saw that early in me, and he you know figured it would be a really good idea to to help me to memorize a lot of the scriptures that regards to uh, Jesus saving mankind. And you know, like Romans ten nine and ten, that thou shalt confess to the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Somebody asks you, how do I be saved? Well, there you go. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. Then Jesus will, you know, you're saved. You're forgiven. You ought to have access to the Lord. I knew all that. So I was like, God, I want to learn something new. I want to, and I was really in my early 20s, and I said, God, I really want to know more about you and how I can be a better impact in this world. And so what he did was he, uh, I remember we, it was, it was a, I was living with a couple other buddies at the time, and we just decided it'd be a good idea just to do a Bible study. Even then, before I was pastoring a church, I the, my friends just asked me to just lead a Bible study. And we weren't necessarily even, quote, religious people. I mean, most of us, there's a group of about six or seven of us that we grew up in a church, but, you know, it wasn't something that we were necessarily like. Like In other words, we always weren't like... we. we we were in ministry training, right? Just me and my buddies, right? But they just, you know, wanted to hear more from the Bible. And I just got back from ministry training. And then so, hey, let's just have Sean lead the Bible study. And I remember the Lord pressing on me wisdom, that word wisdom. And if you understand, see, wisdom is different from knowledge because anybody can go to school, to high school, college, you know, any kind of university, or just even just in the, the library, right? And you can gain knowledge. But the only way that you can gain wisdom, it really is through reading about others who have gone through life and came out of it a wiser person, or more importantly, and more likely, the way it sticks is that you just go through life yourself and you gain wisdom. And so Solomon, of course, notoriously the most wisest man who's ever lived, uh, wrote the book of, of Proverbs. And so if the Lord is putting on my heart that I want to, to study and to learn about wisdom, then I guess I got to go to the source. And that, of course, would be the Proverbs. And that leads us to kind of where we're starting out today. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Listen to that again. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Did you know that you have right now in your power the power to choose your reputation? Think about it. You have the power to choose your reputation, how other people see you. Here's the thing is that we all can think of ourselves as a good person, right? Or as somebody who is honorable or lovable or respectable. Uh, but if we hide those things in us and we don't ever project them or we don't ever choose to live those those ways to society and, and beyond even just our close friends and family, then what good does any of those things do? It doesn't do any good, Right. We have to consistently every single day choose to our for our for our to our reputation. Choose to have a good name. Choose that when people talk about us, even if they're talking about something that we did wrong, they have a hard time 
saying a bad thing about us. Think about that. How awesome would that be is if that you could truly hurt somebody, like really, in, in maybe intentionally or unintentionally. I mean, generally, I would like to think that most of the times that I've hurt people, if I look back on it, most of the times it was unintentionally. And as soon as I found out that it was something painful or hurtful that I I did, you know, I, I'm, I'm not one to just sit back and let it fester. Like, you know, ask some of my friends, you know, if we've had an argument or discussion, you know, I rarely, you know, hold it back. I rarely don't try and seek it out and find out what's wrong so that I can make it right. Um, so I say that to say is that we have to choose then, therefore, to make sure that we have a good reputation. And, and so what I was saying was that can you imagine doing something absolutely horribly wrong to somebody and just really hurting them again? And even it doesn't matter if it's intentional or unintentionally, but yet their response back to you because it's out of so much out of your character is that they are easily to they easily forgive you because they know your heart. They know your heart isn't to hurt them. They know that your heart is actually loving towards them. So they're, therefore, they're more likely to forgive you. And we're going to talk about the three, uh, what am I, uh, my, my belief or the three B's uh, to being blameless. Okay. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Everybody wants the money, right? We all love money. I mean, uh, hopefully we don't love it more than the Lord and don't hope we don't love it more than our families and our friends and people who really matter to us and the things that really matter to us. But at the end of the day, why do we all go to work, right? We all go to work so that we can provide for our homes and have some nice things, maybe go on a vacation every now and again, you know, but whatever. But society as a whole, I mean, look at any music video, rap video, rock video, whatever. It's all about glorification of stuff. And how do you get stuff? You get money, right? This is telling us that, that if you are a disciple of God, if you are one who is truly seeking the best out of life, don't seek the silver and the gold. Don't seek the great riches. Choose a good name and love a favor. And that's just not a prideful thing. That's not saying, you know what? Everybody loves me. How awesome am I? No, it's that I every single day desire that other people, when they think of me, they think of me favorably, you know, that they think of me as somebody who they want to be around. They want to experience, they want to maybe even seek counsel with, you know, and, or maybe just, just hang out with. And I'm not saying that we ought to be mindful of all the time about other people's opinions of us, but I am saying that it doesn't hurt to desire to be liked. It doesn't hurt to be desired to be a you know, to to be to be forgivable and lovable and these kind of things, right? Now I want to go to Psalm chapter fifteen, and I'll just it's a short book, and I'm going to read all of it, and then we'll talk about it, okay? Psalm chapter fifteen, verse one: Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain? In other words, who are those whom you want closest to you? Verse 2, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord. 
who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Oh, so let's real quickly, before I get into the bees of blameless, just I want to talk about this, these, these five scriptures, because I think this is a foundation that we have to understand. You know, in order to build a house, you have to have a blueprint. This is the blueprint of one who is closest to the Lord, and whom it very clearly in verse two says, the one whose walk is blameless. What do you do when you're moving about the world? You're walking, okay? That is your movement. That is who you that 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 is how you are presented to people as you are walking. Our walk needs to be blameless. So what does that mean? One who does not, who does what is righteous. I think it's important again to make better, make more good choices than bad choices. Okay, yes, that definitely keeps us blameless because that's the number one you know thing is that we choose righteousness over unrighteousness more than anything else. And again, it's not about being sinless as much as it is that it's your motivation in life. It's your motivation to just be like, whatever the wind blows, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want. Only God can judge me. It always drove me crazy when people would use only the quote, only God can judge me as an excuse to do whatever they wanted. Hey, you can't say anything about me because only God can judge me. But I'm thinking, listen, pal, I would much rather have humanity and people judge us than the Lord, but that's just me. So it's it's always funny how people say that. Again, it's an excuse to do whatever they want. Hey, only God could judge me. But at the same time, uh, I would much if I had to choose between man's judgment and God's judgment, I'll choose man's judgment every time. The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart. How powerful is that? who speaks the truth from their heart. How often do we do that really anymore? Now, this doesn't mean that you have it with guile, because again, if you're blameless and you're righteous and you're really striving to make good decisions, there's a way that you can say even tough things in a way that can be easily ingested by those who are hearing it. You know, it's it's, it's important, uh, you know, what is that, Mary Poppins, uh, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, right? I'm not going to sing it to you because no one would want that. But that's what this is saying is that we, you know, out of a, out of a righteous and a heart and a heart of love, you know, we speak the truth. We and this is good and bad. This is whatever is coming. You know, and I don't want to say bad light. I'm saying bad lightly. In other words, just a description. Because sometimes I'll say tough, right? The, the 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 good and the tough things. But you always speak the truth. Always speak the truth. Like you're, you're that's your focus. And you're because what else do we have, right? I mean, if that, that, I told, I think I've mentioned it before, but my my daughter, right? Uh, when I'm parenting her, um, she knows very well, even at five years old, that the most important thing to mommy and daddy is that she tells the truth. I mean, I don't. If she did something that was just, you know, that was really just, just a really bad decision, like she bullied a friend, or I don't know, snuck a cookie out of the cabinet when she wasn't supposed to. I mean, just something, you know, for that's quote unquote bad for a five year old. If she tells us the truth, she knows. And when we confront her, she knows if she tells the truth, it's a lot less of a punishment than if we realize and find out and acknowledge that she's lying. Then the real punishment begins. Because nobody, 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 nobody likes a liar. Everybody in this world knows that a liar is a really difficult person to 
be friends with, to be to to to, to have a a companionship with, because you just never know who and what they are. Uh, you know, uh, this is one of the reasons my wife doesn't want to put my daughter in acting lessons, right? Just because, you know, and I get that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of, do we really, she's already dramatic. Do we really want an actress, you know, as well as a dramatic, a dramatic actress on our hands? Because we want to be able to tell her, the, tell the truth when she's truly, you know, feeling the emotions she's feeling. Or is she doing it just to manipulate? I mean, it's like, it's just in jest, but it's still funny to think about. Who speaks the truth from their heart. So whatever's in your heart, you're not afraid to speak it. And you're confident in it, right? You're confident in that you have practiced and have honed the ability to speak from your heart in a way that's not going to be hurtful, but yet it's going to be prosperous. And it's going to be something that's going to actually build the relationship with people rather than tear them down. Verse 3, whose tongue utters no slander. Right? No slander, none whatsoever. And I know that's difficult, especially when you're working with people who are difficult to hear, difficult to relate with. You know, bosses are being mean to you, or, you know, somebody said something about your family, you know, or, you know, they, they, they ridiculed you or criticized you or something that was really important to you and they put it down, you know, the, the immediate reaction is to be like, you know, right. Like this is, it's like this, like this, you know, just this, you want to have like this guiles in your mouth, like in your heart, right. Towards that person because they hurt you. Right. So our flesh's natural reaction is to be like, I'm going to get you back. And, and, and then we end up slandering them and maybe even talking bad about them to somebody else who then they end up having a bad opinion of the person you were talking to. So now they have an offense and then they tell somebody else. So before you know it, one, you know, personal circumstance between you and another person that didn't get resolved correctly now you have a whole mountain of people who are against that one person and for no reason whatsoever remember we had Aaron on a few weeks ago and she was talking about just her struggles with being a teenager and, and the bullying and all these kind of things. It's, you know, a lot of that is just in our kids that we have to suffer through is just because there's a lot of slander. It's just a lot of uh, just hard, uh, you know, we're not teaching our kids to, 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 I don't believe that we're teaching our, we're not doing a good enough job teaching our kids how to be positive one with one another. That's really a problem. I think it's because a lot of us in my generation, we didn't. We are. We don't do a very good job of it ourselves. Maybe it's because of our own parents. I don't know. Who does no wrong to a neighbor, cast no slur on others. Think about that again. Those, I won't. I won't spend too much time because I'm on. I want to kind of move on here. But again, let's let's keep moving on. Verse four. Who despises who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord. Now this doesn't mean that you hate a vile person, but it's important that you and I spend more time with people who are like-minded. You know, it's we can love those who are unlovable, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to continually put ourselves in their in in, in, in in their space because <laughs> misery does truly love company and a person who does slander who doesn't speak the truth you know who who does you know talk bad about other people who wants to be around that kind of person anyway and that's what the saying is that you put those people in a category of their own aside you know and then you focus on those who are in the same 
type of belief that you are, that you want to make the world a better place, not a worse place. Who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. When you say yays be yays, your nays be nays, that when you say that you're going to do something, you're going to do it, you know, and, and I've had to struggle with that. I mean, I, I just to be a little transparent here, sometimes it's really easy for me just to be like, yes to everything. Yes, because I, I, I want to be that person. Like I, want, I have this kind of a Superman complex, right, that I can fix everything. And the reality is I can't fix everything. You know, I it's like... When I, when I get back from the grocery store and I have an entire trunk full of groceries, I want to carry all of them in at the same time, even if I, even if it looks like, you know, I look like a monster coming in, like a, like the plastic bag monster coming into the house, right? And my wife just laughs at me because that's just like, I want to do it all. I want to take all of these burdens from all these people that I want to, you know, help them. And I want to take it on or I want to, all these problems, even just be just work-related issues. If somebody's having a difficult time, I'll, I'll do that for you. But, of course, the reality is I can't do everything and neither can you. And so when the word of God tells us that we have to keep our oaths, even when it hurts and we can't change our mind, it's important that that's the, those are the people who are, you know, close, not only closest to God, but have the most impact in the world. Um, we got to be very careful with those things that we say we're going to do because we will be held accountable for them. If not by, not just by the Lord, but by, especially by those whom who are entrusting our help and our word. Verse five, who lends money to the poor without interest. In other words, you don't, you know, you, you don't have no expectation of getting money back when you give it. You know, I think that's the whole point of quote Bible talks about being a cheerful giver. It's not just talking about giving to a church and putting in tithes and offerings. I think honestly, what it truly means is that you help people and you love to give to people who are in need. And there's no expectation of a return because the Lord will reward you in his time and in, in his way. And your reward is really helping the person at the end of the day. So why would you want some sort of interest or some sort of return, some sort of kickback, when in reality the reward was giving in and of itself in the first place. Who does not accept a bribe against the innocent? You know, in other words, that if you are faced with, uh, you know, coming against somebody whom, you know, that, that that may be innocent, but yet it benefits you to go against them, you, ch you choose to stay away from those kind of dealings. Here's the, here's the thing, guys, that we are expected in Scripture, but also just in life and, and just really, you know, living the best life possible, right? This The show is called This Is Life, and the whole one of the major points that I've always wanted to do in the show is just to help all of us find a way to be the most impactful being in presence in this in, the, in this world to be the lights that Jesus talked about in Matthew 5 the you know city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid that literally your light shines so brightly in every single dark corner of this world that you cannot you cannot help but to be seen by everybody and that's what being blameless is all about is that you are a shining light and a shining example of the best of the Lord. And how cool would that be? That, you know, that we as Christians start taking back uh, that identity of being the best of the world and not the worst of the world. And that's really the whole point.
Uh, I want to go to Philippians chapter 2, where we actually uh, uh, talks about being blameless. If you go to, I think it's Philippians chapter 2, verse, uh, let's see here. I want to start with verse 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, okay? Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Every single thing we do, we ought to be, having a, we ought to be desiring a fruitful outcome, not a fight. That you may be blameless and harmless. Blameless and harmless. If you were to ask the average Joe out there, the average Jane, are Christians more harmful are harmless. What do you expect they say? In fact, I might maybe maybe we should do that this week. Just ask just any anybody. When it comes to Christians, do you think they're more harmful to society or more harmless? And I bet you most of them would probably say more harmful. And that's that's a tragedy. That's really the real tragedy in in, in when it comes to the, how the church relates with the world is that we are now considered the villains. You know, who needs Satan when you have Christians, right? Have you ever seen that bumper sticker that I think I've seen that says, Jesus, save me from your followers? I mean, come on. We have a responsibility and an expectation from the Lord to be blameless and harmless. The sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine, listen to this, as lights in the world. Your light, remember that song, maybe you heard it in Sunday school, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, I promised I wouldn't sing. Well, anyway, <laughs> that is our expectation from the Lord, that we, even in a crooked and perverse nation, I don't care how much of a cesspool the world is, I don't care you know, what is going on, in this society, I don't care if, it's the, if, if there's literally World War III and then nuclear bombs and apocalypse is happening and the world is ending. A meteorite hits the world. I don't care. We shine as lights in a perverse and crooked nation. We can't even do that in America when things are going semi-well. What are we going to do when things really heat up? If things ever were to really heat up, we got to fix it now. Start practicing and living blameless and harmless and sons of God without rebuke now. Verse 16, holding forth the word, the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I may have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Friends, this is our, this is, this is our goal, that when we are set apart in this world. It's not to be set apart. Like we're supposed to be at distant in a way. And, you know, we're going to create our own mothership, like our own bubble that all the church, we can just stay in this little, you know, uh, corner of the world where we can just love and, 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 and enjoy one another and sing, you know, Kumbaya and, and all the songs. And, you know, we listen to sermons and we just stay within our own selves as Christians. That's not what we're supposed to do. Bible says to go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. And so when it says go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, he also is telling us in the scripture here to be harmless, to be blameless. Okay, so I teased it earlier. What are the three B's of blameless? Okay, the first one I want to talk about is to be approachable. 
Okay. Do you remember in Matthew 5? Maybe I can look it up here. I believe it's 5, Matthew 5, 41. I, well, I'll look at I'll, I'll, as I'm as I'm talking. I will look up the scripture. I know it's in Matthew five. Uh, here, I just give me a second here, and I'll look. Look at that. All right, it is that. Look at that question. Okay, verse. Uh, let's start with verse forty, Matthew five forty. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Okay, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Okay, what these are saying is that if somebody comes to you in any capacity and is just needing something from you, now this doesn't necessarily mean your coat, but this is just maybe they need some encouragement. Okay, most people aren't going to come to you and be like, hey, I need your coat. And you'll be like, all right, well, here, here, take my my sweater as well. But <laughs> that didn't, that's not going to happen generally. If it does, it does. You know, God will provide. But generally, most people, they don't necessarily need physical things from us as Christians. They just need our comfort. If, if we truly have the, princess, the Prince of Peace in our hearts, like we say we do and we sing about what we do, we have the one who was the ultimate example of love and kindness and goodness in our hearts. Naturally, people ought to be drawn to that, right? Because it's the antithesis of what mankind is in general. So therefore, remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about how Christians aren't supposed to be the villains. Uh, we're supposed to be the lights. We're supposed to be the ones that people are drawn to for good things and not bad things. It ought to be that people are naturally compelled to come and, and ask us, not necessarily ask us for things, but they know that we are willing to give and not to be taken advantage of. And, and even if they do, God is the one who provides in, in, in any way at the end of the day. But it's more about, I have everything I need in the Lord. So therefore, there's nothing that you can take away from me or even take from me that I can't part with. Again, let's get our minds out of physical things. I'm even talking about spiritual and emotional things. And, and I've been around some people who are pretty difficult to deal with, you know, and some people you don't have a choice. Maybe you work with them or your friends is even with them. Maybe not friends, but definitely acquaintances. And they're just people who, uh, for whatever reason, just suck out any kind of emotional or, you know, positive emotions in the room. I think I once heard them refer to as psychic vampires, right? There are some people who are just like that. And you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. How are you going to handle it? But if you're approachable, if you are a person who, because think about it, those people are generally miserable people in general, and maybe that's their defense mechanism. And have you ever been around somebody like that, to where they just walk around with a, uh, as they say, RBF? Uh, if you don't know what that means, I guess go to the dictionary, go to the Google and look for it. I'm not going to mention it on my program, but you know, it's like there's just a, what basically at the end of the day, it's just, you know, what I'm talking about just just a miserable, grumpy person and it's like it's the it's like a shield pushing people away and honestly i, I used to work at bible supply here in, in topeka where i grew up and i was i was the music manager and occasionally i would work the front registers or you know of course in my department you know i get is back in the 90s long time ago back in the in the middle ages right and 
I remember just thinking when I first got there at 16 years old, you know, really, really excited. One of my first jobs, you know, and excited I get to work in a Christian environment. This is going to be great. I'm going to be surrounded by happy people who love the Lord and, you know, you know, who I've never got to deal with what you hear about, you know, in the world about, uh, you know, grumpy customers and people getting irate and mad if things don't go their way. Well, I had a bit of a wake up call. You know, we are all still humans. We all still have bad days. And, you know, occasionally there'd be people that would just come in and it's like, it was almost like their objective to ruin somebody else's day. But you can't let it. You can't let it. You just can't. You, and that's what I'm talking. That's the that's the opposite of being blameless. A blameless person is approachable, where you just have a, a presentation about you, where people just are naturally drawn to you. I mean, think about that's how it was with Jesus, right? I mean, they were literally cutting holes in the ceiling to want to be close to him, and that's how we are. It ought to be to us. Uh, to us. Now, our our spouses probably won't like it if they're you know <laughs> clamoring to get in our house, you know, and, and, and just to just to be close to us. But you get my point. The point is that we make it a, a, a point to where every single interaction we have, we leave with a positive, lasting impression, and it draws people to us. And, you know, and I like to think, you know, Rachel told me that I have a, my wife. She told me that I have a, you know, uh, a familiar face, and I, I, you know, maybe it's a familiar face. Maybe I just I'm an approachable person. I don't think that I look like a threat, uh, but I think what it is is just that people are naturally drawn, you know, to me. Just maybe because I'm just I try to be a happy person all the time, and I even get people who do I know you, you know, whatever. Um, well, no, you don't really not, but hey, I'll get to know you. All right, so that's the first one: be approachable. Second thing is to be lovable. Okay, now that kind of goes. That's kind of self-explanatory, and I mean, we could probably do an entire podcast on that. But if you want an example of being lovable, then just read the four Gospels, okay? That's pretty much all I'm going to say about it. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start with Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and just focus on how Jesus loved people and how he was always there for their best interest, not for his own, but for their best interest. And the last thing I want to mention about being blameless is to be forgivable. Remember the Bible talks about how how many it was asked of him how many times should we forgive somebody else and he goes 70 times 7 now that doesn't mean that we have 70 times 7 times and then we have a limit but obviously what he was saying was listen until you just can't even count it until you can't that's that's just how it is i mean can you imagine if there was a a a limit on how many times god forgave us obviously there's not so we ought not have a forgiveness a, a forgiveness limit for somebody else now Again, like we talked about earlier, if there's somebody who is truly a vile person who is continually just, just you know, stretching you, right, and causing you to have a stumbling block, causing you to not be able to be very blameless, not to be very forgivable, then it's okay to remove yourself from them and keep them at a distance because still be polite. Maybe send them in a text or phone call every now and again, you know, but at the same time, you don't necessarily have to be close to them. My point is this, guys, that we have a responsibility, again, in this crooked and perverse generation and nation. And this was 2,000 years ago this Bible was written, right? But yet things really haven't changed that much. And, 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 you know, especially if you believe, like I do, you know, we don't have to believe this, but that we are in the end days, that things are kind of starting to come to a, an apex here. Even more so, we have a responsibility to be a light, a shining light in the world. 
So be blameless today. Walk in that freedom. Walk in the freedom of knowing that because you have access to God's forgiveness and you're making more good choices than bad choices, that you're able to not only be approachable and to be lovable and to be forgivable, but most importantly, you can be blameless and harmless. That when people are around you, they just they just have the, they feel the love of the Lord, and they just want to know more. But not only do they want to know more about Him, but they want to know more about what God's done in your life. And at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? Helping others to see the same and live the same kind of uh, freedom that you and I have in Jesus. All right, guys, that is all for today. I hope you have been blessed. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have, again, uh, Jessica on here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly now, so forgive me for not having an exact time. Um, but we will have her come back. Until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.